0: Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on
1: the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, coming in with a new episode from Six Pack Discussions. We've got Cody and Jared here. Jared, what are we drinking today, man? Dude, uh, today we're drinking a Golden Roads Mango
0: Cart, a little mango wheat ale.
1: Have you heard of this one before?
0: No, but I can understand why you grabbed it.
1: Cool, fine. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Okay, guys, today is, honestly, it's been on the list for probably since day one. I oh, think, yeah. I mean, because this really gained some real attention probably in 2016, 2020. I say 2020 presidential race was like the epitome of it. 2016, of course. I, th- I again. think that's
0: when he when he surfaced it, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah 100%. Uh, well, I guess let's
1: stop dancing around it. What are we talking about? Medicare for all. Medicare for all, universal health care, single-payer health care. It's got a couple different names. Um, you know, the, the person that's really, let's say, uh, championed this is Bernie Sanders out of Vermont, one of our senators. He has been the, I think avid promoter of a Mm -hmm. different type of healthcare system, and I'll quickly define it, and then we can kind of talk about it, you know, background, and a little bit of uh, how our healthcare system currently works, Um, but really, you know, all three of these, the the name of them kind of changes the the definition a little bit, but really, Uh, what they all have in common, exactly, it's a system that replaces our current private healthcare insurance, which a majority of Americans are using private healthcare insurance through their employer, Mm -hmm. Um, along with Medicare, Medicaid, all these government programs, everything with a single, uh, Medicare for all type program that is generated by the government and it would offer comprehensive benefits, lifetime enrollment. So from date of birth to date of death, no premiums. Uh, and again, is financed by the government or you could put the taxpayer in there as well. What do you think about it? Is that a pretty good definition there for you? I think it's, yeah, nothing to add. Um, you
0: know, it's really funny that you just talked about the naming conventions of them. And we touched on this a little bit with the infrastructure bill, oh, yeah. right? Do you remember whenever all the other stuff other than infrastructure, infrastructure I'm sorry, you know, i.e. the the community college and stuff like that, right? So there was a, a Kaiser Family Foundational poll. Okay. When what they did is they essentially tested a couple different names of this. I always wonder that when they do that kind of stuff, it seems a little... Like should should they really be selling stuff like that? So it's one of those yeah. things where I ask you, Cody, what do you think of the term single payer healthcare? And you would rank it zero to one hundred percent. I'd be like, eh, and you like, cool, yeah. Or Cody, what do you think zero to one hundred percent for Medicare for all?
1: Ooh, sounds good.
0: So the data actually said forty eight percent where people were in forty eight percent of people were for and approved single payer healthcare, but sixty two percent approved Medicare for all. So that's where it's so interesting how you gain a
1: little bit more traction with a proper naming convention. And even though they mean the same thing, the exact same thing. One is actually more correct single payer healthcare. Yeah, the government. The government is the single payer, right? Instead of maybe the individual person putting up a little bit of money as a copay, the insurance company, you know, multi payer. Um, and I think <clears throat> what Bernie has, has stated the goal with this, and I don't know if you saw this, Bernie and, and a couple others, I think Elizabeth Warren, a couple of other um, leaders, um, AOCs for this as well, correct? I believe so. Yeah. I think she. I think she says universal health care quite often, um, but really, what they say is, "Hey, let's join every other major country, meaning developed countries, on guaranteeing health care for all people as a right and not a privilege." Uh, that's really kind of the overall goal, and that honestly, that sounds really nice. Yeah, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and health care. Exactly, health care. Health care is now a. We could say God-given right. It means that it's, it's given to you through being born on this planet. Or in this country, yeah. I guess, I guess that would matter. So it's not a God-given right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, I guess, you know, rights, real quick, maybe we should define that. Almost all of our rights in America are not given to us by the Constitution. They're, per, they're protected. Mm-hmm. And so this would be a protected right of health care. Yeah. They would protect the health care. See, it seems a little funky already a little bit because it's, they're actually giving it. The government is the one providing the health care. Not, they're not protecting.
0: They're not it. protecting. They are actually providing.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're not going to, that's semantics type stuff. Let's not get into that just yet. <laughs> that's um, third beer talk, man. Yeah, yeah. Total semantics type thing. Um, Now, did you notice a couple things? I don't know if you were were reading through his kind of proposition or his bills that he's proposed and seen a couple of kind of the details on there at all. Did you read through any of those? Are are you
0: talking about like who would end up paying for this, like the top 0.1% if you earn over $250,000?
1: I didn't even read about that. So
0: please elaborate. So, you know, as with a lot of these things, what I do appreciate is they recognize that, hey, this isn't going to just come for free. So they actually do say, hey, you know, knowing that they're talking to the masses, saying that, hey, if you make less than $250,000 a year, this won't even impact you. Or if you're in the, not in the top 0.1% household, it won't affect you. So I guess that's kind of nice briefing-wise in theory. But then again, as we kind of talked about with, with others, you know, taxing the shit out of the people that make over $250,000,
1: all you're going to do is make them leave. Or you make them push those costs down. Okay, thank you. Or, or, or you get creative members. accounting. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Because if you're a business owner and all of a sudden you get this additional tax, well, you don't provide the raises. You don't provide the additional jobs, yeah. right? You, you make them do crappier stuff, mm-hmm. Um. i.e., by
0: making them pay all this money, now that's less than R&D, less than future jobs. Um. You make them pay all this money, uh, they're probably going to go find a way to store it in an offshore account.
1: You make them hire more part-time people instead of
0: full-time people. So it's one of those things where they've you've made over $250,000 in a year because you're a smart person, usually, usually. Yeah. They're very good to be, I would say, of the 100% of people that make over $250,000 a year, I bet less than 20% would be like, okay. No, the other 80 would be figuring out a loophole
1: around it. Figuring out a loophole or just figuring out how to make means met meet because a lot of those people, yes, are making that much money, but they also have a high amount of cost. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because they probably own a business. Yeah, they might make two hundred fifty this year, the next year they could be making a million dollars, and then the next year they actually lose, may lose yeah. money. And so they're they're having kind of a, an up and down type of world. Which unfortunately <clears> the <throat> government doesn't take that into account. They just look at the highest year in the last five years right. or something. So like I said, I, I did like the aspect of who was gonna pay for it. Yeah, please. that is good. That is good that Bernie's looking into that. Um who this is trying to help, uh, which is interesting, it's about, and this is a weird number because I, I couldn't figure this out, but 30 million Americans still don't have health insurance in America. So 30 million Americans don't have health insurance hmm. whatsoever. I'm, and, I'm, I know. Because I thought after
0: Obamacare, it got reduced to 17 million is what I thought I read. Okay. Maybe, well, this
1: was in 2018. Hmm. Okay. Numbers. And yeah, Obamacare was what? 12, 10, okay. 2010. Yeah. So- Maybe it went up. And what I was wondering is how many of those people are like kids? And I'm not saying that kids shouldn't be insured, but of course they're not really. They're not in the need of it. Exactly. I think the need for insurance for children is much less. Mm-hmm. Like I think the big, you know, I'm He'll sure. Break an arm, break a finger. Exactly. I think the biggest deal with kids is literally breaking a bone.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest. And that's probably just boys, honestly. Uh, speaking in the masses, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but no, no, no. Speaking I factually,
1: you, I bet boy, little boys make ninety l- percent a of lot bones. more bones than little girls. I bet it's like close to ninety percent. I don't think there's many females out <laughs> the there. 90, yeah, I think okay. so. I think you're that was a weird little stat, and yeah. I bet you're very right. Yeah, ninety's I, a lot, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Girls are not stupid like boys, little mm-hmm. boys. Like little boys that will get up on the counter right there that we're looking at. They'll jump off and not even understand that they have to hit the ground for next. They have no idea that the ground comes hard. Boys are so dumb.
0: Right? What's wrong with us?
1: I don't know. I think about it all the time. How many times I might have died growing up. (laughs) I look at stuff. I'm like, why would I have done that? Right? Heck, even with your golf cart, whenever we were little, I mean,
0: we literally would drive around the neighborhood looking for steep enough hills to to drive it fast down and then jump. I
1: I always think, I'm like, how did we... Like, actively look for shit to jump off And not get really, really hurt. Like, really hurt right? Yeah. Yeah. Little boys, little girls, (laughs) way different. Um, so 30 million Americans don't have insurance. And then they even say, uh, even more than that 30 million are, are underinsured. Bernie says, meaning that they have an insurance that doesn't really cover all of the basic needs of an insurance plan. Okay. So we have an insurance issue in America and I would agree that there is an insurance issue to some extent where people believe that insurance and this is an interesting conversation. What do you what do you believe insurance should cover, or you know what what should you be responsible for, and where should maybe you should get help from insurance, which is kind of like the mass helping out to help out. Because it's kind of an interesting kind of philosophical question.
0: Well, it's actually funny, and I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to word my answer to where I don't completely spill later, because I think you said it beautifully in that you know the masses do play. Pay for the min- minority in in
1: all insurance programs. Insurance is a socialist program. Mm-hmm. Like either if it's even if it's a private company like Geico or yeah. State Farm, you're paying in to a program and they disperse it to whoever needs. it. I have it.
0: homeowners insurance and I have never used
1: it, and I'm paying
0: for someone who uses it all the time. Exactly, somebody Wait.
1: in Houston that had a hurricane. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So,
0: um. So what is, so I'm sorry, the, the question is, what is my opinion
1: on what do I think the individual? Yeah. Or what do I think what, what do you What should you be responsible from a healthcare standpoint? And what should, you know, what should you just pay out of pocket? Like reach out in your back pocket and say, man, damn, bought groceries this week, had to pay for gas. And yeah, I had to go to the doctor and I had to pay X amount of dollars. You know, are, are you supposed to be responsible for certain things? So, so me personally, That's where, I mean, that's why
0: I'm a big HIA proponent, I'm sorry, is because I actually do think the individual should be...
1: Somewhat responsible?
0: Uh, Let's go, what's a stronger word than somewhat?
1: Well, then you're saying 100% responsible. I I, I just want to say like middle between 50 and 100%. Okay,
0: I would say 75% responsible. Mm -hmm. I I feel confident with laying on that number.
1: So you go through life and 75% of healthcare costs are going to fall into your actual pocket. Mm -hmm. And then the 25% of emergencies... Yeah. Hospital
0: visits. Hey, I did not anticipate this $10,000 surprise. Insurance insurance pops in. Yeah,
1: I will pay $7,500, you pay twenty five. dollars Okay. And I I wonder how many Americans think that way versus, oh, I went to go get my preventative health care checkup with a physical, and I had to pay $60 copay, and I shouldn't have.
0: Well, the reason why they have that thought process, though, is because insurance is not exactly cheap, man. Okay, so you're saying okay, I have to already
1: pay, you know, exactly. I pay, a month. I pay
0: every freaking month, and I use it once a year. All right, jackass! Like, why am I having to fork over another? I paid you, you mm. know. Let's just for round numbers. I paid you twenty four hundred dollars for a single checkup. That's where I'm. I'm actually on the side. Why the hell am I paying the sixty dollars copay? Copay. I never use insurance. Well, you can decline the insurance. I agree. Pay the sixty dollars.
1: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, I didn't think about that because you are paying. And you know, it's funny, I'm an HSA plan too. So it's, it's a very nominal amount mm-hmm. to be honest, paycheck to paycheck, Yeah, right? We're paying the dollars, yeah. which is weird. A lot of people probably aren't on HSA plans. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's an extreme plan for, for most people, very low cost from insurance uh, stand or very low cost to the, you know, employee. And employer. Uh, yeah. And employer. It's a great plan, but there's a little bit more risk on the individual. Right. If you are not a healthy individual, I would highly advise you against an insight plan. Yeah. Or get healthy. True. Which we'll talk about a little bit too, why mm-hmm. maybe our costs are higher. Okay. Interesting. I, w- I was wondering where you so were going to a- go there. Actually, where, where's your percentage at?
0: So, and, and let's actually address it from both. Let's address it with current state as in they pay $200 a month mm-hmm. versus what they should be paying, I guess.
1: Yeah. So they pay $200 a month in their healthcare bill.
0: And they use their doctor one time for an annual physical.
1: What about like the prescription drugs and all those kind of things that they probably... No, are- this is
0: a relatively healthy person. They have no prescription drugs or nothing. Ooh. I am literally just using it for my annual physical.
1: So this is my wife up until we had children. Mm-hmm. She had a pretty expensive health care plan, and she's very healthy. How much did she have paid for that annual physical? I think she should have paid 100% of annual, annual physicals. And I think the only reason... So pay 100% of
0: that, annual physical plus $200 a
1: month? Yes. Wow. And then, but here's where I think that insurance for that $200 comes in. She had a baby. Right? And all of a sudden, you go to the hospital, you do three-day stay, stay, you have you know specialists involved, um, any emergency-type procedures that we had to have with the first one, that type of stuff. That's why you're paying $200 a month to not have to be overthinking about those costs so do you think you should almost have the flexibility in like almost like car insurance with your health insurance how much your deduction is and how much yeah oh, what what's your deductible how often me. do you use it don't be lead me on to trying to already agree with your solution
0: oh sorry man i, I wasn't trying to i was trying to have an organic conversation i'm sorry I saw right through that. As, do you think? Do you, think dude? I was just asking a question. I guess we're no longer allowed to ask questions in this podcast. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> that was such a leading question that it was, it was it hit me in the face. Actually, hey, kudos to you for. I thought I thought I was
1: getting the first word out from your answer, but you caught it. You caught it. You caught it in the first. Line. I like where you're going. Um, save it for a little bit longer because I want to know more about what you're thinking. Um, I like it though. I do. I do think our insurance option insurance options right now are so limited. Black and, and white. And I also think that people don't know enough how it works. I, you know, to be honest, I don't even. I, I kind of know how it all works now. To be honest, but I would say for the first five years I was on an insurance plan, I didn't know what a premium was. Deductible? No, I didn't know what a deductible. No, no, no idea, no idea. And it's funny because you talk, you tell me, hey, what's your car insurance deductible? I'm like, it's five hundred bucks, and I know exactly what that means. When you I have ha- covered, yes. I know that when I have a problem, I hate $500 and they cover the rest.
0: You know, you're uh,
1: let's, let's premium, it that third year. but yeah, it's yeah. weird. Healthcare for whatever reason, very different. It, it seems like it's a little bit confusing and it may not be on purpose, but it could be on purpose to make it so that <clears throat> they can charge a little bit different fees. So you know how you said it took you five years?
0: So I'm still, you know, what? Three, three and a half years removed from the military. And in the military, it was a very different, it was, you know, healthcare for all. Yeah. I didn't pay a dime. Yeah. I got to go to the doctor. I got every prescription drug ever. One. I got a couple surgeries. Never paid a dollar. Yeah. It wasn't until I entered the private world, and all of a, sudden, you know, if I had to go to the doctor for whatever reason, it's wildly confusing. Uh huh. I was like, I feel like I'm a smart guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Good fucking luck in network, out of network. Oh well, this service covered, but oh, this you saw him after twelve p.m. Yeah, he likes, he likes to take a lunch between 12, so since you interrupted that lunch, it's actually going to be... The, I, was like, I was like, are you...
1: What the fuck? Okay, this is so funny <laughs> that you brought this up right now. So me and my wife. Last night or the night before, I get home and she says, hey, um, I need to go get a CT scan. Okay. Right? Um, She was having a little bit of pain. She, we just had another baby guy. She was having a little bit of pain in her abdomen. She's like, hey, the doctor said I should go get a CT scan to make sure I don't have a hernia. I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so she's like, I scheduled it. And I was like, okay, did you, who did you schedule it with? Because now we're all on my HSA plan. Yep. And HSA plan means that you kind of care what things cost. Mm-hmm. right? You start doing a little bit more, mm-hmm. checking the numbers. And she's like, oh, I just scheduled it to the doctor. And I was like, well, you know, they just do the one that gives them a referral fee. And it kind of works all in network like with whoever they want to work with. It's yep. not like what works with your insurance. She's like, what do you mean? Because her insurance prior was like the all-inclusive best, you know, plan you can pay for. It was pretty much a government plan. Actually, yeah. She worked yeah, it was. For, yeah. She worked for a government. Yeah. yeah. She worked for the state government, which was, you know, kind of a higher healthcare type plan. Very similar to what you're used to. Uh-huh. And so she was just like, yeah, whatever. And I show up and I pay my, you know, $50 and I can get whatever care I want. I was like, well, let's look this up. CT scan. Right in our little 20-mile radius. What would be the range that you would say is acceptable for the lowest cost to the highest cost? Shoot, man, I—you I... have no idea. Okay, let me give you the average, and then you can give me the range. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, the range—the average is seven hundred and fifty dollars. So okay, so I'm gonna go with the range. All right, I'll,
0: I'll just do this. Uh, let's go between. Six hundred eight and
1: nine hundred then. Well, oh, how about like three hundred and fifty to twelve hundred? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so that means that you're, you're just so you know, when it's a, a government or a healthcare service, it has to be the exact same to any provider. Like so, it, it, like there's no difference. Yeah, same, same, same test, same T- CT scan. The result is the exact same, but when you go to this place, it's three hundred and fifty eight dollars, and if you go to this place, it's twelve hundred dollars. She went. She got the referral to. Go to the one that was eleven hundred and fifty dollars. Well, that was nice to the doctor. Yeah. I said, well, let's go ahead and reschedule that. <laughs> right? Because in my plan, I pay you have a two hundred dollar cancellation policy. <laughs> no. In my plan for everybody listening, I would pay that eleven hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. That 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 is in my plan, I am not I am insured, but I am not insured for things like that. I'm insured for emergency type purposes really. So I would pay eleven hundred and fifty dollars or I could go to the other place and pay three hundred and fifty. And we're going to kind of get into healthcare costs and how people don't really know how things cost, what things cost. So we, of course, reschedule. And Anna was like, how would I have known to do that? And I was like, you you don't. Nobody knows Well, you that. know what's really interesting? I don't
0: know if you and Anna have ran into this, but uh, Brittany and I have. There's a difference between, oh shoot, I hope I don't mess up the terms. I didn't know I was going to bring this up. Accepting the insurance versus contracted through the insurance. Oh, so it's okay. really weird, man. So if you're contracted through the insurance, then they actually do kick in. But if they are just accept it, like, oh, we acknowledge the fact that you have insurance, we'll perform it on you.
1: Yeah, you know, I think they give you kind of like a in-network discount of like five percent or something. I think I've I think it was point five percent. But yeah, no, no, <laughs> but
0: no, it was it was it was really frustrating because you know, Brittany, she 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 actually did the right thing. She called a couple doctors, and made damn sure. But her question was, I guess, off a little bit, and she asked hey, do you accept my insurance? And she gave her insurance. I'm like, oh, yep, we accept that. Hmm. And so all of a we get the bill and we get this final surprise and we're like, what the hell? Yeah. And she's like, Jared, I swear to God, like I, I, uh, I called ahead and made sure that they accept my insurance. So we call and raise in hell. She's like, oh, well, yeah, you, you asked if we accept it and we do. You just didn't ask if you're contracted through it. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Couldn't believe it. Huh. Was, was was disgusted, actually.
1: Yeah, that sounds like you might have been taken advantage of, but mm. you know, then again... I don't know. I mean, dude, insurance. Like I said, it. I
0: feel like an intelligent person, and I don't know what I'm talking about. So
1: you said a very interesting word, surprise bill. And guess what? Everybody that is marketing uh, uh, healthcare for all, universal healthcare, single payer, they're like, hey, stop getting those surprise bills. You see how mad that got you? I know. And it's such a boiling point oh, for It's like a trigger word. No, yeah. hundred percent surprise medical bills, right? You get that bill in the mail and it's for some absorbent cost. And you're like, I had no idea that we saw a specialist or I had no idea that they were going to charge me for the cotton swabs, right? Whatever it is. And you're like, what the heck? Hundreds of dollars, sometimes yeah, thousands yeah. of dollars. And you're, and you're And that's that surprise medical bill that so many people have gotten. And it just It changes their entire attitude because they thought they were getting ahead a little bit on their daily finances, weekly finances, whatever, and all of a sudden, thousand dollars got to pay some doctor, and I thought I was covered. That that is upsetting, and I I I don't and that I could see why some people say yeah, but I don't want to get rid of this. One hundred percent, I want to get rid of that. All right, let's take a pause. I think you just cracked open your second beer as well, dude. I actually cracked it open a minute before you. What are you thinking about this beer so far, man? I want I want to see your first uh, first take. This
0: is unlike any beer I've ever had. So you know there there's certain beers, especially the IPAs, where they're very floral or you know very f- fragrant. I mean, you can just really this, taste taste a little something in them. This tastes like juice. I was just about to say this is alcohol with
1: juice. I can't call this a beer. It this is, is mango so juice. So interesting. So guys, this is again Golden Road Brewing. Mango cart. It's a mango wheat, uh, a wheat eel. Ale. Wheat ale? What the <laughs> heck? Eel? Huh. Um, it's a series inspired by iconic fruit cart vendors of Los Angeles. It stays here on the can. And Jared, describe this can here because I think this, this deserves a good explanation of what's going on here. So this is
0: actually really, really a fun can. So they got a bunch of palm trees, got a little fun little uh vendor there, carving up a nice fresh mango, it seems, fun little umbrella, a little surfer town. I mean I, I imagine re- this
1: is a boardwalk
0: this, like right on the beach. It's gotta be, right? Um I think this is an awesome
1: can. I mean this is just puts you right in Cali. It puts you in Los Angeles. It puts you like on on any of the major beaches there. Hermosa Beach, uh, you know, was this is Huntington Beach perhaps and you're looking at this and you're thinking I would be drinking this beer on that boardwalk looking at the ocean. 100%. It puts you kind of in the zone.
0: So now that we're going into the scoring, I'm torn. This is actually the first beer that I'm torn on because I guess maybe I asked a clarifying question of our score. Do we give good scores on like beers that we would drink a lot of or beers that just taste good? Oh. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I cannot drink. Like it's going to... I think the third beer is actually going to be kind of hard because it is on the sweeter side. Like we said, it's juice. How about this? I think the score should be, would you recommend it? Oh, okay. Okay. To somebody else. So with that, I'm going to gonna buy go, a six pack. I'm going to go flat four. I think this is really tasty, but you cannot drink a lot of them. No. But man, I think on a hot day, a nice cold, one of these
1: guys, it's, it's mango juice. It's an alcoholic mango juice. I think it's fantastic. 100%. Um, it has no zing. It has nope. no carbonation almost. No. Right. It doesn't taste like a normal beer. You're right. And it's probably the carbonation. The carbonation is so low in this beer that it doesn't have that kind of beer taste. Heaviness or anything. Man. No. Um, I'm going with you. Uh I think I think I'm going four. as well. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's tasty. But I'd recommend it. I would highly recommend it. Grab a six pack, I you know, split it with a buddy, and you'll drink probably four or five of them. That's what I would say. It's a great beer, guys. You guys do a nice job here at oh, Golden yeah. Road for sure. Yeah, really fun. I wouldn't mind checking out a couple of their other beers, to be honest. I've never seen that brewer. they actually.
0: I'd be curious if they have a, you know maybe a couple different juices. Uh, I mean beers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they only do juices. That'd be kind of interesting. All right, man. So now that we're in our second beer, you want to start getting our opinions a
1: little bit? Well, I wanted to go over one more thing with Let's you. Let's hear it. So... When people reference single payer health or single payer uh, healthcare, or reference uh, universal healthcare, they usually start talking about other countries that have these things. And I just wanted to kind of give you an example of another country. Maybe you have some other examples as well, but let's just talk about our northern neighbors. I, I feel like Canada You're comes in. About. Canada comes into the conversation nine times out of ten. Hey guys, Canada has a better healthcare system. And and they do their their healthcare system is good in some instances. But here's a couple of things that I wanted to just you know st- some stats about how their healthcare works. First thing, their universal healthcare does not cover prescription drugs at all. That's interesting. Our healthcare system or our insurance does. It actually covers a large majority of prescription drugs and it brings down the cost of those dramatically. There. You go, if you get any type of prescriptions, you are you are paying 100% of those. Okay, interesting. Next thing 70% of healthcare costs receive public funding. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that 30% of all healthcare costs have to be covered out of pocket by Canadians. That's kind of interesting. Didn't know that. That's, that doesn't feel like how universal healthcare is sold. Oh, warm and fuzzy, yeah. It does. It, like, oh, we're going to cover a lot of it. You know, you know, you Medicare for all sounds like we're going to cover all of it. Everything for everybody. So, okay, 70%, okay, well, that that starts to kind of seem like it could get expensive to an individual, 30% of some cost. The last thing, I, I, this is an odd one, and I, I had to do more research on this possibly, but cancer is the number one medical concern in, in, in the medical field uh, in Canada. Um, here it's number two. Uh, heart disease is number one, but in Canada, it's cancer. And the numbers in Canada seem very high for cancer. One in two Canadians will develop cancer in their lifetime. One in four of Canadians will die of cancer in their lifetime. Hmm. That seems oddly high. One in two. Yeah. Have cancer. Uh Uh-huh.
0: One in four yeah. die from cancer. Again,
1: guys, I got these from a whole stat <clears throat> bio about Canadian healthcare. That number, I, I again, I think that one I need more research and double check everything. But when I was doing first glance on that, that's it seems odd. And uh, on a lot of different websites did say cancer is a big deal in Canada, but they didn't have Half the freaking population? Have it. Will have it in their lifetime. And then one in four of Canadians will ultimately die from it. In America, it's five percent. Huh. So it's five times higher death rate of cancer in cancer uh, huh. uh, in Canada. You know, even if that stat's, stats wrong by two x, it's still much still worse. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, man. And I've heard over and over again from more political pundits talking about how a lot of Canadians will come to America for cancer uh, treatment. So they must just not have good cancer treatments that are covered by the government or or even available in Canada, which is interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I mean,
0: so Canada gets talked about, a lot of European countries get talked about. I mean, yeah. this is not a, a groundbreaking phenomenon. I mean, a lot of countries do do it. But I think you actually just hit on an interesting point. And it was very difficult for me to find a stat, I actually couldn't find a stat, um, because it's very difficult to quantify is the top doctors in the world. You know, where are they? I, I mean, I looked far along and long it, and it's just a very, dip, I mean, off, off of what metric do you actually measure that? Yeah. Now, what I would say is throughout every source, while I couldn't get a, Oh, number one, what I always got in Innovation. source in, source out is the U S is known for how good their doctors are. Of course they bitched about our healthcare system and everything in comparison, but isn't it a little ironic that the privatized, that the country that has, you know, the most privatized insurance also is widely known for the best doctors?
1: Yeah. Well, if you're a doctor and you were wanting to, you know, be a good doctor that's really good at your job and get paid well for it, you're probably more likely to be a doctor in America, right? Because you can actually get compensated appropriately for if you were a top one percenter. Mm-hmm. Right? It would be like saying, hey, should we have quarterbacks in the NFL compensated $10 million, $100 million, $20 million, $100 million, yeah. whatever the number is, right? Yeah, yeah. Should, we, should that be allowed? Well, are they the best? Are they worth it? Exactly. And that's, that's the idea of with doctors. There are some doctors that just are a cut above the rest. And in a public healthcare system, I think we're going to get to this. You don't have any type of competition with doctors because when the government says that surgery is worth fifty dollars, they're gonna do fifty dollars worth of work. They don't they're not gonna do eighty dollars worth of work. they're not going to do 150 dollars <laughs> of work because they, there's no reason to be able to do it because they can't next time they can't say, hey, I'm better than the guy down the street. So it's really interesting that you made that point point. and by no means
0: am I saying that your education or, or where you went to med school, really matters no i actually am saying that but what i am saying is it's not the end all be all like there are a multitude of factors but i think it's a, yeah. a reasonable assumption that if i go to harvard med versus xyz bullshit medical school you know in quotes guys obviously medical school is still difficult yeah but there's a different level of prestige associated with harvard because of course they they make there, a better yeah. product oh yeah And the product being the doctor with that being said would i ever 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 go to a Harvard med and bust my ass for X amount of years. If I'm going to be paid the same as someone who didn't, you know, they just went to, you know, uh, let's take a fine school like ASU. They get their doctorate there. Yeah. I mean doctors, but I think you could garner a lot higher wages from a med student from Harvard than you can ASU. But would I ever, ever, and, and I'm just using med school. I'm talking about continuing to refine your craft. Maybe you stand on the bleeding edge of various yeah. innovations. Where's the incentivization if it's not monetarily? And I get it. There are going to be certain people that are just intrinsically motivated. Oh, continue yeah. They want to help
1: human humans.
0: But what you did is you, you shifted the X axis on the bell curve there. And by shifted, I mean you swapped the names of them. And hear me out, because right now, what we have on the x axis, you know, for our bell curve, these outliers, they're just top performers. They're continuing to learn more. They're continuing to practice more. They're, they're just better at their job. To where now, what you're going to do is you're going to switch the name of the x axis. It's just these, these rarities of intrinsically motivated people that are going to be at the top of their profession. Yeah. And you don't get that many of those people. No. Unfortunately, they are. They're a rare, rare breed. Exactly. Similar to the people, the doctors that can garner. Millions of dollars is equivalent to the people that will just do it just
1: for the makes them feel good. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. No, that's that's a good. No, I, I like did, did I communicate that right? No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking through it, and I like the people that are going to probably do the best job are probably going to be the ones that have invested themselves the most, and that also care about the output. Because it's going to also generate an output for themselves, right? There's a a yin and yang, or there's going to be a push-pull type relationship. They don't want to just do things, and and you're not going to put as much effort into things if there's no reward. And that's what happens. That's why plastic surgeons, you know, is an interesting field, and I looked into this one while we were doing research here. Plastic surgeons, right, these is all elective surgery, meaning that insurance doesn't cover a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, guess what? They have to compete highly. They are, you know, sharing um, references. They are showing images. They are always saying, hey, I can do, I'm trying the newest procedure to have less scar. I'm the cutting edge in this area. They are competing so much because if they aren't competing, They're somebody losing. else is beating them. Yeah. And somebody else can charge a higher dollar amount. And that's why everyone kind of makes fun of these plastic surgeons saying, hey, these guys are getting really, really rich in the medical field, making a lot of money. And it's because it's 100% based on a capital-type market, right, where I say, you know what, yes, I can go to the $10,000 guy or I can go to the $15,000 guy. If I have the money, I'm going to go to the $15,000 guy, and I can, I, I'm can going to voluntarily give them my money because I want the better result
0: for whatever that so, surgery so is. So I guess, <clears throat> just because I want to make sure I'm understanding, so you referenced a CT scan earlier yeah. to where it was $300 versus $1,200. So a CT scan is a CT scan is a CT scan tours now what you're talking about in the cosmetic industry. Let's say I'm getting my nose done. Oh yeah,
1: that's a good question. Is, I just
0: want to make sure I'm hearing you right oh. because we talked about equal result earlier. So when does equal result matter and when does it not as far as a cost standpoint?
1: Yeah. So you know what? There could be an equipment difference, right? So these two different um, medical diagnostic centers they could have a newer CT machine that they're trying to pay for. So they're charging a higher V. And I noticed um, most of the higher cost ones were actually at hospitals that probably have the highest quality machines. Well, they also have the highest overhead. M- agree there. But let's just say it's maybe okay. because they have to- higher quality diagnostic devices. So now is it is that machine four times better, three times better than than the last version? Because that's what they're asking for, right? They're not 350, but 1,200. So they're essentially saying, yeah, hey, our machine is three, four times better than theirs and really might be just a version behind. I don't know this much stuff. I don't I don't yeah. know, you know, uh, what am I going to go? Hey, guys, would you mind sharing your, uh, your CT model? I want to go ahead and research. Like, I don't know how many <coughs> people are going to be able to do that kind of stuff. So you know what's funny, man?
0: <laughs> so
1: I had the opportunity uh, a few weeks ago now shoot,
0: probably about a couple months ago now, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, as you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, my company and I, we've been uh, kind of specializing in banks and credit unions for a couple decades now. And now we're transitioning into a different vertical into the healthcare space. So made some connections. Long story short, made a great connection. And unfortunately, we couldn't do any work for him, but he wanted to help me out. So he's like, hey, I'm actually breaking ground. I'm sorry, I'm actually having a grand opening at a new hospital okay. here in North Phoenix, I'd love to tour you around just to kind of show you oh, cool. why I picked this. Yeah. It was, it was actually really beneficial. We were the only two people in the entire hospital. It was actually oh. really unique. Went through all the different like, you know, nooks and crannies, the different rooms. He was explaining the whys. Anyways, so we went to the, uh, the, the Winds Health section of okay. the hospital. And he was, I mean, this guy's incredibly passionate. And he was talking to me about uh, this this one piece of equipment and it's for mammograms right you know where, where women will stick their breasts and they yeah kind of okay so
1: and all the equipment's in there
0: yeah yeah okay like it is like the ground I'm sorry the uh, the grand opening was next week okay so anyways and he was just educating me on on all of the Advances and how this type of machine—it's actually brand new to 2022—and it actually takes the woman's comfort into account and, and all this stuff. It was—it was actually really cool. Again, this guy was just uniquely passionate about the patient experience and yeah. all the investment that the—that he was one of the founders of the hospital that he was uh, making happen. And so I asked him, and uh, for this example, let's just call Bob. So, I'm like, hey, Bob, you know, how in the heck do I know? Let, let's say I'm a woman. And how in the world am I supposed to know that you and your team are making all these advancements and you're really, you're really taking my my care into consideration and you're different from Banner down the street? Yeah. And it was the craziest thing. He looked at me like he was dumbfounded.
1: It's not really marketing. His, his
0: his mouth just dropped. He's like, holy shit. Because this, this machine, this specific piece of equipment was a million dollars.
1: Yeah. And no one maybe has it in, in the whole Phoenix market, perhaps. No, I didn't get uh, sure. yeah, let's just But pay, that's.
0: Yeah. A, I mean, million-dollar piece of equipment, that's no joke. But his mouth literally dropped because he's like, well, I mean, they're just going to know. I was like, <laughs> but me, I mean, so for example, for Anna. Yeah, no idea. We don't know. Let's say whenever you're going over those ranges, of course, you can see the hard dollar costs associated. Yeah. But how nice would it have been two or three different bullets? Hey, why I'm $300? Why I'm $1,200? But percent. that doesn't exist. And I always found that really weird.
1: Yeah, there's... It's really. almost
0: commoditized.
1: 100%. There, there's no <laughs> difference in well, equipment. I, I already told you that. I thought it was commoditized. Well, it has to be the exact same. Yeah. Right? It has to be. But then again, I you made me kind of double-check my thought. I'm like, wait, no. They could have a machine from like 2012 that produces CT scans. They'd already written it off their books, depreciated it completely, so this is all profit. Well, that, but also 2012 to 2022, 10 years, there's got to be two, three advancements in CT scanning. And I bet you there's some really nice imaging because you take a camera and there's been on a hundred yeah. advancing cameras in the last 10 years. So, of course, CT would have some advancements, but I don't know. It could be the exact same machine, but I don't know that. So what they could say is, is hey, the reason is that we are charging $1,100 is that our machine was just recently <laughs> installed and we have the you know top ranked device in all of Gilbert Mesa region area or whatever mm-hmm. they want to say. And I'd be like, "Oh, if there's only ones that does that, maybe it's actually worth a couple extra but, but how
0: weird! I've never once yeah. seen a commercial, seen a flyer, seen a one sheet, seen any type of educational equipment. I have no yeah. idea what the difference is between the five hospitals within a ten mile radius of your nice house. I have no idea what the difference is. Well, why not even why, with the doctors. Why, honestly.
1: why does it matter if no one looks at the cost? Yeah. Right. No one looks at the cost normally. Yeah, they don't publish, publish that either. It's very hard to get to. Okay, I'm going to get to one, little, one more last little thing, and, and then we can get into some opinions here about the whole thing. Um, so let me name off a couple of things and see if you can find something that's in common with these. Hospital services, college tuition, childcare services, medical services, housing, food. Those six items I just named Mm -hmm. have had a 175 to 350% increase in price over the last 20 years.
0: The similarity is there is a government program associated with all six of those components that makes up a substantial amount of the population.
1: Okay. Maybe. Let me give you these other ones, and let's see if you can figure out if there's a correlation. Cars, furniture, cell phones, software, toys, televisions. Over the last 20 years, these six things have seen zero to 100%. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Zero to a negative 20% 20 increase in price, so actually a decrease in price by 20%. Mm -hmm. What do those six items all have common? Oh, clothing is in there as well, so seven items. Cars, furniture, clothing, cell phones, (laughs) software, toys, televisions. I would say niceties versus necessities. Well, none of those have government programs. Yeah, but, but then you, all you were right. You were right when you said that those other ones had government programs, and these ones all did not have government programs. Mm. So it's it's interesting. The first thing you notice is that all of those have government programs, and we've talked about a lot of those. We've Especially talked about housing. We talked about food. We've talked about this child care, college, tuition. College, yeah. All of the items that have had government programs have seen two to three times price increases. Right. So everything costs twice as much as it used to twenty years ago, three times as much as it used to. We're talking about, of course, medical cost and should government get even more involved because healthcare cost is expensive right now. And I and I look at this chart that I'm referencing here. And I and I look at it and I'm saying, what what have we done more of that we shouldn't do any more of in the last twenty years? Get the government involved. I, I don't know if I don't know if that's the answer, but <laughs> yeah. it feels like that's the only thing that's really happening. I mean that's what the data is saying. But, but, but it feels like it. Outside of my opinion, that is what the data is saying. Like the government has never subsidized televisions, and guess what? I can buy the biggest, nicest TV for half the cost I did 20 years ago. Yeah. Which is the weirdest thing in the world. Right? Yeah, because normally,
0: especially with you know software, TVs, phones, et cetera, as advancements are being made.
1: Cost is going down. Well, because there's competition. A lot of competition. A lot of competition. Market forces. Right? Prices are similar or rises with inflation.
0: Yeah.
1: But college tuition, we talked about that. It's absurdly <coughs> high. Well, all that is government-backed. Medicare, Medicaid, well, hey, we, we kind of know that we're going to get this money no matter what. Well, you know what's funny is, man, think about it, because
0: Medicare cuts it, I'm sorry, kicks in at 65. And that's when you're, depending on the plan A, B, C, or D. And I didn't get into that. I don't know if you want to touch on that. But there's four different plans of Medicare. Yeah. And Medicare plan A is completely free, assuming that you paid into it for the 10
1: years. I don't know.
0: It's some, I think it's 10 years, assuming that you paid into it or whatever. It's free for you. So what's interesting is once you're over 65, what are the chances that you're probably using your health care the most? Very high. And that's where the most government kick in is. And look at what Medicare costs and pharmaceutical costs and all this shit is actually at.
1: It is massive. When you look at our federal budget, Social Security, the very next biggest budget item, Medicare. Medicare is, I think, close to 25% of all of our costs going out of the federal government every single year.
0: So you know what's interesting to me is so uh, I was reading a few different articles And they said over the next 10 years, if our healthcare system doesn't change, like, you know, we have, you know, kind of a mix of, of private and public. I can't wait till you see
1: these numbers because I think I read the same article.
0: And I believe over the next 10 years, if nothing changes, and correct me since you maybe read maybe. it, I
1: think it was $36 trillion
0: is what it was going to cost. But this Medicare for all went all the way down to $25 trillion. Oh, I saw 32 $32. Okay. Was it was 32 Okay. So... If we if we just stacked hands on those six components where the government has seen, you know, all those different sectors have seen significant hundreds of percentages increases. Uh, how in the hell do they
1: save, magically save seven trillion dollars? Well, I think the idea there is that they're or gonna make it, they're dollars. gonna make it up with taxes. Right? So you can you can pull in more money via taxes if you raise the tax rate.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but I thought the article said it, it's going to cost. Oh, it's going to talk 36 versus 32, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah. So, so, so I, I get cost. that's how
0: they pay for it, kind of. I'm sure we'd still run a deficit,
1: but. um, Hmm. Like. Well, I think there was some, so a couple things that they said they would do is they would negotiate better rates. Yeah. So it's kind of a, yeah. It's a ask, pie in the sky ask, idea. Ask
0: anyone in the military who's ever dealt with contracting officers and talk about what the government pays for a fucking nut and bolt. It's, it's crazy
1: what that will thing. And that's where I'm like, uh, here's my couple takes that I want to get through because we're getting over our third beer, guys. And I, that was one of the things I wanted to bring up with you is can you name a government program that has been efficient and provides amazing service compared to the private sector? Don't bring up the post office. Don't bring up the DMV, please. Don't talk about public schools because people want to rat on those government spending in the military, perhaps. Like, when is a government program more efficient efficient, or provides better service than a private option? I I can't think of any of those, and I'm making fun of all of those ones, of course.
0: Hmm. Hold on.
1: Can you think of one where they're like, yeah, you know, the government's done a really great job to doing that. They do a great job, right? Defending the country, but it's expensive. I I'll say you said efficient. Yeah, like they do do a good job. Oh yeah, I mean, but it's I mean, probably a couple extra dollars per dollar that I should be spending, right? Uh, I, I'm there's got to be one
0: man towards like okay, the government version is way better than the private industry.
1: I don't know the post office guys. I, I don't know of anybody that does the post office. They just use you know, UPS and FedEx. Like, it's clearly better. <laughs> like, the, UPS, the, the post office is like, yeah, it takes us seven days. UPS is like, guys, we can do this overnight. <laughs>
0: it took us seven hours. Yeah.
1: It's the crazy Same price. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's crazy.
0: Uh No, no. I think you stopped me, man. I can't think of one The DMV,
1: agency. people like going to the private sector ones that have oh, like that yeah. extra oh, license. It's better. so much faster. It's so much better, too. And public school's. I do think those ones are, are uh, let's say that those ones are on par. They've done actually a really good job. And I think that a lot of that actually has to do with the teachers. I think the teachers have so much influence and in, in doing a good job there. But we talked about it in one of our last episodes. You know, charter schools are not public and they do just as good a job, if not better, than public schools. So I'm just like thinking, when does, okay, have you ever seen government housing? How do they do compared to like somebody that's a developer or, not very good not very good like no one says I want to live in government housing
0: yeah cuz you know I'm just trying to think you know I was trying to give a a nod to our like you know our first responders with like police and firemen but there's not a private competition no so I I can't really give a nod to them they do an effective job I mean there's bad apples of course guys I'm not trying to get political with police doing a good job I mean but
1: we don't have there's not a comparison
0: yeah I don't know. I can't, I can't do anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things is like, do we really want the government hand getting in there and, and possibly layers of bureaucracy even more so? I don't know. Okay. I
0: mean, they they said that uh, this would actually, this level of stability, I believe is the word I kept routinely reading. This level of stability will actually want to create more doctors and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, you think the doctors give a shit about the complexities of insurance and billing? They're still getting paid, minus their own private practice. They don't care. But they said that was the efficiencies, so therefore they would be wanting more doctors.
1: Okay, what would make more people go into the doctor feel? Let's, let's say tomorrow. Me and you, we're young enough, we could probably go to med school. It takes three years. Yeah, I'm sure we could. Right, we could do it. What would make you want to become a doctor tomorrow? What would be the uh, one thing that would make you want to do it? Probably work less hours. They work crazy, stupid uh, shifts, man. Let's just say they're guaranteed 40 hours a week. Oh, and, okay. And, okay, so you got that guarantee. Okay. Government guarantees that. Cool. What else would it say? Okay, that's not enough probably for you to quit your job and go to med no. school. What else would you need to be kind of guaranteed? Would it Would it be maybe a couple dollar signs? Oh, well, yeah, I thought, that, okay, I didn't realize.
0: Yeah, yeah, Lamborghini, like being able to afford a Lamborghini, like absorbing the a, a amount money, of dollars, a few money. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. So, <laughs> does that happen? We're trying to lower cost here. Mm-hmm. So, how, like, you're not going to increase the demand of doctors or, or the supply of doctors with lowering costs, negotiating better rates. What's going to happen is, is that doctors are going to be probably like, uh, I'm not going to take your insurance. I'm going to do side deals, which unfortunately, guess what? Shady shit. Has happened in countries that have universal healthcare. Didn't know this. Or they actually come fly over to the US. Canada has a notorious cash only agreements with doctors, which is unheard of here in America, where you can skip the line, get an appointment if you bring in cash. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. So
0: as you know, and so do our listeners. I came from the military, which actually, for all intents and purposes, does have a, a universal care for all, if yeah. you will.
1: I was going to ask you, how, how was that?
0: So it's so funny, man. <clears throat> ask anyone in the military. Ask him how long it takes. Like, let's say you got a, let's say you got a cold or you know the flu or whatever, and you just you know you need a, a Z pack or something.
1: Yeah.
0: Ask him how long it takes to get seen. You literally are better. Like you were feeling better by the time you can get seen. It's like week plus. And guys, there's only let's just call it 10,000 people on base. And I shit you not. Let's say I woke up tomorrow and I'm I'm still Captain Jones. I wake up tomorrow's Wednesday. I wake up and I bet I don't get seen until the following Wednesday.
1: Oh, so you're better. I am literally feeling better by the time I get seen. So by the time you're like, okay, guys, I am i don't really need the Z-Pack anymore because it's going to be actually probably like worse for my immune yeah. system. Yeah. Wow. Like ask anyone in the military. Like it's it's borderline comical. Now granted, I
0: paid $0 for it. Yeah. So it's very difficult you're, to bitch for something you paid for free. You're getting. To whereas right now, let's say I feel like crap. I can go to urgent care tonight. Tonight.
1: 100%. Tonight and get a Z-Pack. 100%. People always ask me, hey, why don't you have a primary drug? I'm like, guys, I get sick maybe once every couple of years. And when I get sick, I go down to one of those little little clinics at a Walgreens or I go to urgent care. I go check in. Never have been there before. I say, hey, this is what my deal is. I get my prescription because, honestly, that's all they really do. Honestly, I, I, I'm almost to the point where I think that I should be able to prescribe my own stuff. But let's not go crazy here. I get my little prescription, walk up to the pharmacy, grab my drugs, walk home or drive home. Yep. Like, and I do it all in the same day that I plan on doing it. And I hear those stories and I also hear how it's very similar in countries that have universal health. I'm like, well, there's some big issues with things like that. Wait times are a big deal with healthcare. I don't want to have to wait for stuff ever.
0: But mind you, that was only 10,000 people on base. Multiply that oh, by, God. yeah, you're right. How much would probably 3,000? 10,000 times 3,000 is 300 million, probably. I think. It, did I count the zeros right? Whatever. I mean, you get the point. Guys, <laughs> I think a universal think- health care system not only disincentivized doctors, but now you overwhelm the poor people that wanted to stay in the medical field. Oh, yeah. I, I think, dude, you guys only thought COVID was bad as far as trying to get seen. Oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like we, we uh, we're unfortunately in the U.S. We're we're routinely, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, not touted, but we're routinely like looked down upon for. Unfortunately, there are a, a significant amount of people that actually die of preventable diseases because of a lack of healthcare. I bet in this world with universal healthcare, with what you would do to doctors' wages. Is you would double it for people dying for preventable stuff,
1: preventable stuff, and yeah, because
0: yeah. because you would unfortunately have a large majority of lower income p- families. I think that would abuse the system, and every time they got so much as a sniffle, they're going to the doctor to get prescribed Dayquil and Nyquil. Well, you know, because I'm, you don't want to pay for that. I, Why? I, Imagine what you do to all the drug companies, like Dayquil, like Nyquil, like Tylenol like all these little over-the-counter medicines, why the hell would I ever pay $20 for a bottle of NyQuil when I can go to the uh, the pharmacy for free? I mean, I, I don't think all aspects. I know it you know sounds great. I'm going to save the country $4 trillion in the next 10 years, and I'm going to lower the price because I'm going to negotiate. <laughs> Show me a proof point.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I see where you're going, especially because you're bringing up, of course, your experience too with, Universal healthcare in the military, right? Uh, I think that's a fantastic, relevant discussion, right? And it was weird. I was just kind of thinking, and you brought it up. Uh, You know, do you do you care if the shower runs for a couple minutes before you get in?
0: No, I prefer it to. It's all nice and toasty for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Is that because maybe water's pretty cheap? Yep. So, what if that water was like four bucks per minute? Would uh, you be in there for we, two minutes?
0: Brittany and I would be showering together once a week.
1: Okay, so, <clears throat> so you're saying that the cost of something decreases the amount of use of it. Yep. So if it goes up, you're going to decrease it. You're going to decrease the use of it to relatively what you need. To, you're still going to use it when you need to, right? You're not gonna. You're not gonna be rank smelling. Mm-hmm. But if it was free or near free, like water is, you're going to use it. A little absurdly. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So when we make something free, you're going to see increase of use, like you just said. I don't care who it is, but someone's just going to abuse the system and, yeah, I'm not feeling too hot. Might as well go get a <clears throat> test today. Might as well go get whatever but, it is. But
0: actually, maybe I actually might want to correct myself because let's say let's say there's a large majority of people like you and I. Mm-hmm. To where we go to the doctor once a year for our physicals probably. Yeah. I I have been been a doctor for a physical in years, but yes. I was just forced to last year. So let's say again, you know, the use and I world that go to the doctor very rarely once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Plus or minus once a year. Well now let's say, oh man, I, I do have that, that sore throat. Oh, my nose started running. I'll just, it's free. I'll just go pop in the doctor and get that Z pack. Like I was talking about. Oh yeah. So now you take the people that are going to the doctor once a year. Now they probably go maybe two, three times a year. You're clogging up the system. You know what I'm saying? Clogging the So I wouldn't even classify the people going once or twice or three times a year to abuse the system. No. They're just using it. 100%. But now you
1: just tripled. Because the cost went down. Yeah. Cost goes down, demand goes up. That's how the world works, right? Okay. I've told you this story before, and you'll probably still get a laugh because I think it's hilarious. I had a German guy call me up, he was with a political foundation. Polling me and asking me who I was voting for, and he wanted to talk to me actually about universal healthcare. Do you remember that, Jared? Oh yeah. And I was like, hey, yeah, you know, I'll tell you who I'm voting for, and and uh, he, you know, kind of tell tell my thoughts around universal healthcare because he wanted to kind of give me the four one one on it. And it was interesting, you know. I, I mentioned he was German because he actually moved from Germany to America. And he'd been in America for 15, 20 years. So he's used to a different type of healthcare system. Right. And he thought it was, you know, archaic with what we had here. I was okay. So I let him kind of tell me about what kind of the things that, you know, some of the folks that um, he was trying to convince me to vote for were pushing for. Um, some House of Representatives, a senator. And I said, well, I'm guessing you're from Germany. Do you, do you run? Are you do you ride a bike every day? Yeah. i was like, oh, how, how many miles do you, do you hit every day? He's like, I, I do like 15, 20 miles on a bike every day. I was like, oh. He's like, how'd you know that? I was like, well, because a lot of Germans are pretty healthy. I'm like, you guys like they to smoke. S- like trains. I was like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you guys like to smoke, but you guys love your bikes and you love running and you like being fairly healthy. I'm guessing you're a pretty healthy individual. He's like, yeah, pretty healthy. I used to be a little more healthier. I was, I'm 64 years old now. I'm like, Well, I'm like, hey, man, you're probably a pretty healthy guy. I'm like, do you think you made some choices in your life about your health that are going to allow you to have a healthier lifestyle and less medical cost? Yes. And I was like, okay. Do you think that you should be paying for people that didn't do that? And and he's like, "Ah, I see where you're going here. He's like, well, some people are in a, a situation where there's no other option. And I'm like... Food and exercise actually is one of the few things that is an option, unless you don't have food, right? And you're starving. Putting more food in your mouth is actually an option, and unfortunately, more food actually equals more healthcare issues. So it's actually one of the weird ones where he's like, "Yeah, it is an American-based issue where we have an, ob- uh, an obesity-based issue. Most of our people that are are in healthcare situations is because of." Obesity, diabetes, healthcare-related issues, and he's like, "I'm like those people are the largest cost in our healthcare system." We went on our healthcare episode and we learned eighty percent of all disease, all costs in our healthcare system is from preventable diseases. Mm-hmm. As soon as I read that stat from the CDC, CDC did this study. They figured out that eighty percent of all healthcare costs in America are preventable diseases. That means that if you Stop eating so much salt. You lower your calorie intake. You exercise a couple times a week. Not crazy. You won't be having any healthcare cost. And he walked I talked him through that stuff. I'm not trying to change his mind because I don't think he was going to change his change my change. But I was like, You're asking me to pay you know, an increased tax rate. Let's say I'm paying $200 a month for my health plan, which I'm not currently, but let's say I just raise it up to what most health care plans are. $200 a month, $2,400 a year. That's a lot of money. How much do I use that? You just said zero. One time time a year. Yeah, Yeah. maybe once. I use that zero times, and I actually literally, legitimately do use my health care plan zero times. I pay, you know, the $80 or the $100, you know, Fee when I go to urgent care, and then I pay forty dollars for the Z pack whenever I've needed it in the past. Um, and that's it. So that twenty four hundred dollars is going to somebody else that decided to go to McDonald's three times in a single day. And I think about that, and that right there makes me think that free is going to incentivize unhealthy habits. That's where I go. What do you think about that? I think you're hundred percent spot on, man. I mean. <clears throat> Whenever you
0: take away the need to work for something, why would you? Again, I think you even take normal people. It's like, well, if the choices that I make, there's no negative consequences, i.e. the negative consequence being I have to pay more
1: in healthcare, why would you care? Yeah. You get you get healthy people paying for unhealthy people to and then get, become, take
0: a shortcut. Say, well, healthy people then are disincentivized to stay healthy
1: or, or they do loopholes they do all the stuff that everybody gets mad at but then all of a sudden you have you know the average person that is taking advantage of maybe the the healthcare system because they do get some type of healthcare provision be you know because they're unhealthy which unfortunately is the average american at this point you know what 60% of americans are now obese so that means that you're going to be using healthcare more often than not <clears throat> that one frustrates me because you're taking advantage of people that are more disciplined. No, you're not taking advantage. You're
0: punishing them. You, you, Let's call it what it is. I'm you're sorry,
1: punishing. You're punishing disciplined Americans to benefit undisciplined individuals. And you never, you don't ever want to incentivize those kind of things. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I'm just seeing flashbacks of our uh, previous episode of Social Security with disciplined investors and non and oh, yeah. whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I completely am on on with that that train of thought, man. I, I think you're spot on. Okay. So, what is your idea? So clearly, I, I think I think we probably tried to, to look for pros and, and pros yeah. that maybe we could buy on. I don't think either one of us are. I have,
1: a, I have an idea, but I wanted to hear yours. I want to hear that. <laughs> you you kind of teased me a little bit earlier.
0: So, in my head, one thing I really like. About you know whether your car insurance is through State Farm, USAA, or Allstate, you know all these all these major players. Still, I mean it's still an old copy, right? You know only like four or five major players. Four or five players control eighty plus percent of the market. But let's let's be real here. But what's nice is I'll take USA for example, since I'm intimately involved with them. I get the option to adjust my policy based on my risk level. I can, you know, choose it to where I pay a $0 deductible or a $1,000 deductible. I get to choose if I want free windshield replacement. I get to choose if I want bumper to bumper. I get to choose if I want the state minimum uh, or I get to choose if I want to be insured for a million dollars. If I crash into a Bugatti and total it, I want to walk away from it. And then I can clearly see at the bottom of the screen, hey, you want to crash on the Bugatti. You never want to pay a dime zero deductible. It's going to cost you $2,000 a month. Ooh. Doesn't fit my budget. I can't do that. But what I can do, okay, maybe let's kick that deductible up to, let's call it 500 bucks. You know, Arizona is pretty bad. I want that windshield replacement. And let's say, instead of a Bugatti, I want to crash into maybe just a Ford Raptor. So let's just load it to $100,000 and I can walk away with just paying my deductible. And that makes it a reasonable 100 bucks a month. Yeah. Where is that flexibility in my healthcare?
1: Yeah. We we get like one or two uh, options normally with uh yeah
0: two maybe man it's usually black and white it's like hey do you want this okay you don't well then HSA
1: (laughs) basically it. it it's pretty minimal and I don't even know if a lot of companies offer the HSA program to be honest. Valid um, point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's like one or two options. It might be like a five hundred thousand dollar deductible, depending on. You and
0: know. neither one of those options, do you really understand all the components of it. Like I mm-hmm. know. Now, granted, I don't have it memorized, but I can easily print out my car insurance policy, and I know exactly what I am and what I'm not covered for. It's where yeah. I, I can look at my health insurance, and I
1: have no effing clue what I'm covered for. Yeah, it, it, it has so many different line items. If you go to an in in Network, out network, if you go to the hospital, if you go to urgent care, if you go to uh, your primary provider, you know, uh, I'm guessing maybe healthcare is slightly more complicated than your car. Maybe that's one reason. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, hey, great. Make simpler. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying like that's an out for the healthcare guys because here's the sad thing insurance companies should be doing a better job at this. Because you're non-existent in a Medicare for All program. Honestly, if I don't I, be brought that
0: up. If I'm the CEO of you know United, United Healthcare. Healthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, like all these big boys, I'm saying, hey guys, innovate or we're about to get replaced. Because we keep pissing forever. These, we keep pissing pissing these people off with these surprise bills that everyone gets all angry about, and we don't really communicate effectively to our customers, and our customers don't even really choose us. It's actually their boss's boss that chooses
1: us. I.e., the business owner. Yeah. Man, who am I? What's the uh, what's the what's the next step? Well, the next step is, is that next year when a bill passes and says we're going to have unite uh, uh, you know, Medicare for all, we don't need private health care insurance cuz it's not allowed anymore. It'll literally say private health insurance You eradicate. Will not be allowed because yes. you can't have both. Medicaid won't exist. Exactly. Like all those things are going away. You know, healthcare does not exist the next day. What? I'm thinking as a CEO of any of those companies. I, I'm thinking as a manager of any of those companies. Anybody, I'm thinking about the receptionist. Yes, I would be like, okay, how do I make this company a little bit better? So it, it's it's interesting that you bring up how complicated it is. So, so what your idea is is that they need to they need to take a look at how other insurance is done they and need provide to- more options to the end user.
0: So I guess yeah, you know I would be content with that. But what I'm saying is, they need to look at it from a client experience standpoint, right? They actually need to go through what it looks like to be a normal employee, or yeah, employee of XYZ company, and what does it mean? Okay, so I give them my insurance presentation or whatever it is, and then, you know it's open enrollment. I, I go yeah. through the insurance. They need to understand. Wow, holy shit. I'm the CEO and this is confusing to me and I this is my company. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not looking at it from a user interface standpoint. They're not looking at it from you know the 35-year-old person making,
1: you know, $50,000 a year and actually has to look at all their costs. So you know one thing that's different about healthcare is that it's provided by your company. And they kind of like sign on a dotted line about, you know, hey, offer these two different programs and then the em- employees normally have to select one when you go get health or uh, uh, car insurance, you, I get the choice. Exactly. And I'm wondering if they just never have made, took in the initiative, United healthcare, blue cross, blue shield, Cigna. If they ever said, Hey guys, um, what we're going to do is we're going to give you an average cost. You're going to get the final number, but what we're going to do is we're going to open up a portal on a website and all of your employees are going to go in there and they're going to go select the benefits that they desire most. Right? You see the difference? No, because no,
0: I, Actually, no, no, no. Let, let, let me take a step back. and I'm, I'm sorry. We actually might not have my beer to talk to this. Why is my health care provided by my employer?
1: Yeah. It's actually, Why
0: isn't United or uh, Blue Cross show going direct to consumer?
1: It's a bill. There, there's a government regulation around this. Well, there's a government regulation that I have to have car insurance. No, no, no. But there's a government thing that incentivized um employee provided health care and it provided a tax benefit to yeah. the employer. Okay.
0: There was a bill that um, you know, disallowed what is the nineteenth amendment that didn't allow us to have this podcast and drink. I, I, right? I get like it like just just because the, oh it was a bill. Okay, well shit. It's conversation over. This would be a really boring podcast. Like how how silly is that? My it is weird.
1: My, why do we have it in the employee? Why does the employer do it? And and I think people think, oh, it's it should be it should be provided by them. Well, honestly, your employer probably would just pay you more money, and then you'd go pay your own. Like, there's no. Now, here's the thing: is the employer is footing a lot of that bill? Oh, I know. Yeah,
0: it's expensive for them too. Okay.
1: Well, maybe they foot the bill, but instead of footing the bill, they actually are just footing it by giving it to the entire employee. So let's say they're footing. I don't know. Um, on a my plan, let's say I'm paying two hundred dollars a month. They're probably putting like four hundred dollars. Right? It's pretty considerate. Uh, yeah, yeah, four hundred dollars. That's a, that's soft. It might be actually higher than that. So let's say it's four hundred dollars per employee. Well, we say, hey, you know what, Mister Employee, Mrs. Employee, we're just going to give you four hundred dollars extra in your paycheck, and you're going to get your two hundred dollars that you're paying to, to us to you know siphon off to United Healthcare, and you can go find your own insurance. I don't see that as a problem either. That's actually a good solution.
0: Well, there's no difference in me doing that with my car insurance, people. And this whole open enrollment—I think that's a crotchet too, or a life event.
1: Very odd. Why? Very I, odd. I
0: could change my life insurance. I'm sorry. I could change my car insurance tomorrow if I so chose. Very odd. Why though? Very odd. I don't, I don't get that, man. That's okay. I I like that solution. Yeah, so I wanted I wanted to mimic you the want car insurance decentralized. Yes, hundred percent.
1: I will, uh, always healthcare. Be, I will always be for that. But Decentralize. Let the individual choose their own health care. Employ health care not, not existent anymore. Or sorry, employer health care not existent. Yep. Government health care, not really an option. You know, Maybe unless there's a dire need of some sort, like a, a fail-safe net. Sure. But really, hey, you know what? You get a little extra money now from your paycheck, and now you can go make your own decision. That's kind of cool. I took a different route. I didn't go as extreme as you. Really? You thought it was extreme? Well, you are dismantling a lot of things that are there and, and I, I'm fine with it. I like dismantling stuff but people don't like tearing down buildings for I some say, reason.
0: You are king of burning shit to the ground. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? But
1: you're, and I'm not Let's saying, hear what you got, what yeah, you yeah. got before I uh, yeah. talk and crap. So, I was trying to take just a basic thing and say, instead of uh, universal healthcare, instead of Medicare for all, What's another option that is plausible and could be beneficial? And I was just trying to say, hey, what, what could we use in place um, that maybe has a very similar benefit? And I was looking at overall budget. What I was thinking about is right now we allow children to be on health plans until 26. Right? So, you know, me and you were probably on a health care plan up until a certain age. And then we went on to our first job or you went into the military. Well, so I, I got off at 18. 18, right? Which is great. So you get off your health care plan, and when you're two, 22, 25, whatever it is, but twenty six is a cutoff right now. And I'm, I kind of am alright with that. I think. I think you know. I think twenty six is a little old. I think it's some arbitrary age. I don't understand the line. yeah. It's a little old. Um, they they expanded that. I think with the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. Um, but whatever, we we set the we set the line at twenty six. Don't know if it matters or not, really, because most kids in their 20 to 26-year-olds are probably not very costly. Okay. Well, I was thinking, well, why don't you bring your parents back on your health care plan when they become older? Because what I was trying to think about is how do we remove Medicare? Medicare is a huge cost to the government. It's one of the largest costs, and unfortunately, a lot of senior citizens will never vote for it to go away. They will never vote for a person that wants to get rid of Medicare because they depend on it so much. So I was thinking, okay, well, I'm uh, I'm trying to fight the battles I can win. So, well, hey, Dad, hey, Mom, you guys are turning 65. Instead of going on to Medicare, my kids just turned 26. They're moving off of my plan. I would like you to move on my plan. So instead of going into a couple's plan with you and your wife, you essentially move your kids off. Because normally that would be the age gap, I would think, right? Maybe, maybe not always. But now you move your parents onto your plan. And so now you kind of like take out that idea of, I'm going to take responsibility for you to some extent. And they're going to have money that they can pay to pay for some of those funds. So now there's still that insurance fund, whether it is... To your point, self chosen or employer provided, but now I have a family plan instead of having a government funded plan. And so I was just trying to solve for the Medicare issue. Medicare for all—I don't think ever makes sense. I don't think—I I just don't ever have an idea where. I Honestly, is. don't think it'll ever get the votes. Yeah, it just never makes sense to me. It just those guys are so bad at administrating programs that it will collapse within days. I feel like. You know, like, no one wants a DMV for a, a doctor. But no the one wants, place you want no a, one wants a post office for a doctor. Like, that's the easiest way to say, no, I do not want that. I will pay more money not to have a doctor experience like the post office. Um, 26, 28, 29, no one wants a DMV experience for a doctor. Come on. Like, so I don't think that'll be voted in, but what I want to fix is the Medicare, like just bubble that we've created that costs so much money. And I was thinking, okay, well, you know what? I wouldn't mind saying, Hey, you know what? My parents helped me out for the first 25 years of my life, 15 years of my life, whatever it is, I'll bring it back on. You're going to share in some of the costs. Somehow, you know, they have money, they have savings. You're going to funnel that money through me and you're now we're going to be all under this. We're essentially sharing the responsibility. Of our health. Kind of unique, right? What do you think about that?
0: Man, this is two episodes in a row where you're just like taking care of the parents. You did the same thing with uh, social security too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I I, I think I, I do maybe... Bob and the note listen to this podcast. I know, right? Maybe. <laughs> We're about to find out because this is two weeks in a row. Are you getting a prime
1: well, opportunity I, for I I just think that there's like a weird kind of bookend to people's lives. There's a front end and a back end. We take responsibility for the front end, right? But we don't really take responsibility for the back end of it. You know, what we've done is we've left the back end up to society to take care of. And I'm wondering why. Why do we do that? Like, those people and, and me now, right? I have children. I take care of the front end. Well, now as I grow older, why don't they take care of the back end?
0: Kind of interesting, you know, right? Well, yeah, I get, I get what, you're, what you're saying, man. I really do. I think I am, a, so I do like your plan, but I think I'm a little bit partial to the more individualized approach with my, you know, it's decentralizing. I think that was a great term that you put to it. But what that allows for me is because as I get older, I know I maybe need instead of, you know, $10,000 a year in medical coverage, top end. Now I probably need maybe close to 15 or 20. So yeah. my insurance premium is going to go up a little bit. That's what I want to see more of. I, I, I still can't get off my car insurance analogy.
1: No, I, I actually really like that. I, I like it. And I don't think it, I don't think, I think they can actually be in the same world. And as we close this thing out, I think they can be in the same world. I don't think like, Oh, I don't think they're mutually exclusive by searching. Yeah. Answers, like, yeah. Hey, guess what? Can you have somebody else on your car? Yeah. Cool. You can have your parents. Yeah. And guess what? Or your kids. I'm sorry. Does so that, yes. No, does that raise your, your rate? Yeah. Okay, cool. Not a big deal.
0: Right. You it's, know, what's funny is actually in my car insurance analogy probably by equal percentage increase as far as to add a 16-year-old as it would be to add a
1: 65-year-old on on health insurance. And that's what I'm trying to say is like all we're doing is saying, hey, I want more control of my plan, to your point.
0: I want more transparency.
1: And I also want to be able to like why does does the person that I have to add to my health care plan have to be under 26? If I want to pay the fee for a spouse or a kid or a father, you know the thing I'm
0: really pissed that we didn't cover? What the hell is in network?
1: <laughs> they have a contract. I, I know, but what a stupid ass concept. Okay, because as we're closing this thing out, I think what we need to think about is if you are thinking, hey, you know what? Healthcare is a right. We kind of started with
0: It's good to conclude with this. Yeah.
1: I don't think it's right. I don't think it's a right either. I don't think it's a right at all. It's a service. And and the, I explained this to somebody the other day. Anytime somebody has to provide a service to you, if you demand it or think that it should be free, it's kind of like slavery. It's kind of like barring somebody to do something without any type of payment. And so never should you expect, like I should never expect, hey, Jared, you know what? I have a broken leg. You have to fix it. That's just not an expectation you can expect, and that's how you know it's not a right. You know what I'm just trying to think? I'm trying to think like even
0: air. The air that you and I are breathing right now is technically not free because you and I are paying a premium on our cars, on our food, on our goods and services to the companies that produce them. That way, they don't pollute the air. Like literally mm-hmm. nothing in your life is free, and, and honestly, nothing in your life should be free that's worth it.
1: The very rare things that we have are free is the words that are coming in our mouth right now. And, you know, how you can practice religion. I should expect my government to allow me not to have cruel or unusual punishment. There's some basic things that are rights, but those are things that are just kind of given to me because, like, I was born. I guess no good or service should be free. Exactly. That's the difference. Whenever somebody's providing you with something that's a service or a good, that's how you know they had to do work.
0: That's I mean, how you. You can't remember it. lesson one and miss result. We always. Man, how do we always end up on this? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Bingo. No such thing. All right, guys. Um, next week, it's going to be a touchy one. Oh boy. We're going to be talking about a, as as you all know probably about by the time this airs, probably about a month, month and a half ago, uh, Roe v. Wade got overturned. There were some states that made some interesting decisions, and Cody and I are going to talk about abortions.
1: Okay, guys. Really appreciate you guys time today. Have a good one.
0: Bye.